Welcome to Raw and Radiant, the podcast that ignites your spirit and empowers your soul. Are you ready to embark on a transformative journey? Here we give other women permission to embrace their truth, to find the courage to choose themselves first. Because guess what? You are not alone. This podcast is your guiding light, unveiling the path to self-discovery and discovering your soul's deep desires. It's time to realize that you are so worthy of living a life you've always dreamed of. Together, we'll shed light on what truly sets your soul on fire and give you a massive permission slip to choose you. With soul-led conversations, we aim to impact millions of lives. We're here to inspire you to live your authentic story with zero regrets. We believe that real change happens when you're being held in a safe space of love and support. We will be walking alongside you shoulder to shoulder and encouraging you to be bold in the face of fear. Join us in this massive journey of empowerment and courage. Together, we'll illuminate your inner spark, empowering you to embrace the radiant light within and show you how magical you are. It's time to unleash your potential and make a difference in this world. Are you ready to step into the raw and radiant version of you? Welcome back to Raw and Radiant. This solo episode, I feel very called on my heart to share with you my first love, the love that I have for my dad. My dad is no longer on this earthly plane. He transitioned to the next realm, the next life in 2018. But it's being really called upon my heart to share with you my story, my story of, like I said, the love that I have for my dad witnessing a deep regret within his eyes as he was beginning to pass and also being an adult child of divorce, an adult child of divorce from the 70s, which was not necessarily a common thing like it is today, but also witnessing my parents and their limiting stories, their limiting beliefs and how they were projected on me and how they formulated who I am as an adult and who I was as I grew up and how I learned these behaviors that kept me inside a box of self-safety, this box of self-safety that I see as of protection to keep myself from being hurt, to keep myself in this space of, of, of constant turmoil as I navigate my life now too, but knowing that life is evolution and growth. And if you choose, if you choose to have that power to change your perspective, to change and to courage and vulnerability so that you can show up authentically in your honesty and in your truth and be the best version of you. So thank you for joining me for this episode as I share my journey with you. And I am so honored that you are here with me as I go through this emotional journey, because I know no doubt some tears will come up, some Heart cracking open will be visible. And I just thank you for holding me in this space. So I witnessed too that on some level, bringing forth this potential that most of us lie in a world of some sort of regret. There has been regret in the past that potentially things that we said or done or decisions we've made has caused regret. But 
it's okay. We can move through and pass that regret. So my dad is someone who shaped who I am physically, mentally, and emotionally. And he truly was my very first love and still is my very first love, even though he is not here on this physical plane. But I'm not here to share my story from a victim's mentality, but from the emotional traumas of the realities of my childhood, how they shape my thoughts, how they shape my beliefs, how they created these stories, sometimes to these limiting beliefs and stories in my mind. And like I said before, is that they shape who I am today. And I am learning to unravel and unpack those stories to be a better version of myself. So also these these stories that were created and these limiting beliefs and these limiting feelings that I navigate now is of unworthiness, that I'm not lovable. This deep sense of abandonment when I come into a relationship, whether it is a friendship, a partnership, even for myself is abandoning myself. I have this navigating, this deep need to please other people. So the people pleaser mentality. And I have grown up seeking external validation, external worth from athletic activities that I have done. So these stories and these limiting beliefs, I am now unlearning and unraveling and I'm choosing to heal and grow from my past of living inside this this perceived self-imposed box of this false safety. So my story starts, I'm a child born in sunny South Florida. It is my home and is my love. I deeply am enchanted by the salty sandy beaches and the shores of the warm Atlantic Ocean. And growing up as a child in sunny South Florida, my dad introduced me to the majesty of early morning epic boat rides, watching the sunrise on the horizon. And if you can imagine a little tiny boat out in the vast ocean, we have fishing lines out and we're looking to catch marlin or sailfish. And I'm this little tiny peanut and I'm sound asleep. And he'd wake me up and he's like, he called me Toe. He's like, Toe, wake up. Look at the sun coming up over the horizon. We would snorkel together. We would explore the ocean beneath us, this enchantment and this mesmerizing ocean beneath this other world where there's the fish and the sharks and the starfish and the coral reefs. And it was just such a majesty to witness alongside of him as we snorkeled. He nurtured me for my love of adventure. We were constantly going. We went on cruises and we went on, we went to Hawaii and we went to all these adventures, roller coasters and Disney World. And it was just like this deep, profound connection that I had for him and have still for him. Also, what something that really sticks so profoundly in my mind is that we shared this deep passion for double stuff Oreo cookies. Like it was something that we would sit in the dining room table or in front of a movie and we take our double stuff Oreos and we dip them in the milk. It was like just a special moment that the two of us shared. My dad was an endless jokester. He constantly was creating and coming up with these jokes that had me in this belly roll laughter that deeply connected our bond. And when we would go out to dinner, 
we would go out to these fancy restaurants that he would take me to this special place for because he was showing me off. And these these fancy restaurants, you would get steak or lobster and the and the waitress would come up and she would say, what can I get you for dinner? And he, he'd order a pepperoni pizza. Like, oh my gosh, dad, from from the time I was little to the time I was 50, like he would say these same jokes. And as I was growing up, I would just actually get annoyed by them. But now as I see them, like it is such a memory that actually encapsulate into my mind that shows up at the most random moments now that all I do is giggle. So knowing that these memories will never, ever fade in my mind and is such a gift to witness them. So knowing that this journey, this journey of being a child of divorce in the 70s, that our world wasn't perfect, obviously, and this dark looming cloud was was coming up and I didn't know that. And as a four-year-old, five-year-old in the 70s, where this era of divorce was still a rarity, like it was it was really un, unknown and, and potentially untapped. And the the trauma that was created in this divorce, this bitter divorce of rage and, 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 and I'm going to call it neglect. That's what came forth to me because it was this little girl that was trying to navigate this world that was, that was very much a very dark and stormy cloud and storm that created such emotional abuse within my little blonde head, blue eyed, curly haired little girl that she was she was lost. She was abandoned. She was fearful. She didn't know how to navigate these waters. And this divorce went on and on. And there was this this constant bitter battle between my parents of me being used, me being used as a pawn and in, in their games, specifically from my mother this pawn in this game of of using me to get what she needed from my father and witnessing that and witnessing just a lot of physical abuse also that I'm just not going to name names here because that's for another story. This is all about my dad, the love for him and deep regret within this story as it's transpiring. But as a young five-year-old, I had to stand frightened in front of a judge being asked a question that no little person should have ever been asked and it truly shaped who I would become and the question was from the judges who do you want to live with and this loaded question as my younger self really deeply created this regret within me visceral regret and so answering the question to the judge as I wanted to live with my mother, but truly deep down, I did not want to live with my mother. My mother's pain through this two years divorce had taught me that my role as a little person was to please her and to keep her broken heart at bay. She only knew what she knew. She was going and living by her fear, her anger. And I see that and I witness that and I hold her so deeply in compassion now But that fear and that anger was projected on me to make a choice that I regret now to this day. This choice was made out of my fear and my sense of obligation to her. 
because in the 70s, it was perceived that children were best left with their mother. The mothers looked best, lived and nurtured them best. And in my case, that did not happen. Again, I'm putting in here, my mother did the best that she could do from her trauma, from her past, from her childhood. And I recognize that and I offer grace and I offer compassion to her. So with that response of the judge, I learned to live with live my life for her approval at the expense of my own unhappiness. And it was within this time that I recognized these emotions bubbling up inside of my little body. And in that moment of answering that question, that regret formed inside of me and the internal light, I can still see it so vividly, my internal light, my beacon of bubbly energy of my innocence went out. And I saw myself put me in this internal box of protection. Let me just sit with that for a moment. Yeah. I sit with my inner child right now and I sit with her and I hold her and I see her and I honor her for her bravery, her courage. And I love every moment that I get to do this now as I began to heal her. So tracking back to my five-year-old self, my six-year-old self, I lived with my mom the following years after the shock of divorce and her ability to handle and to cope with that pain and that anger created this life that I was relocated from South Florida to Northern Idaho. And I was told at the time to not tell my father. And as I look back, by not telling my father where we were going or what we were doing, I was told to hold this lie, to hold this secret. And I look back and I see that little girl within me being kidnapped. We moved to North Idaho and... She had taken me away from the sandy shores of, of South Florida, and I despise that decision. That decision that she only knew to protect herself, to keep herself safe. And potentially she thought it was keeping me safe too. But that leave, left me with so much more regret, so much more anger, so much more fear that it took me more, that it took me deeper into this box of self-protection. This box that dimmed my light, this box that formed this hardened shell around me. So navigating those waters of moving to a new location to now I see North Idaho as this beautiful landscape, but as the six, seven, eight-year-old self, because trust me, I don't remember the exact age I was. These memories were slightly white from my mind. And it's only now that I sit with my inner child through breathwork that I get to reparent her and I get to hold her in this time. And maybe potentially these memories will come back. And if they don't, that's okay. And, and that is this journey of this lifetime. But Seeing now my eight-year-old self living in North Idaho and really despising being there. 
that the connection that I had with my dad was lost. This connection was lost during my school years. So I should say my school months. So during the school months, I went to school in North Idaho. I created relationships with friends that were only relationships that were contained within the school time. Because luckily for me, but also sadly for me in that duality, I got to leave North Idaho to go see my dad in South Florida. But also I had to leave my friends for a time of bonding and connection connection during the summer with my friends. So it was just this, this ebb and flow of this constant back and forth of Idaho, Florida, Idaho. And it was really, really freaking hard to navigate. But it also bought, brought forth for me this desire to see my dad on this one-on-one space because I had two and a half months alone separately with him. Nobody else, just him and I. So it created this lifeline. Summer created this lifeline for me. So I would board a plane by myself, cross the 3,000 miles to spend these two and a half precious months with my dad. And our reunions were nothing short of epic. He would take me on these adventures. We would go in the ocean fishing and we would laugh to our bellies hurt and we would cruise the Atlantic coastline. And if you know the eastern coastline of South Florida, there is this road called US1A1A, and I get them confused. But we would drive down this coastline looking at these fancy houses with the windows down. It would be nighttime and we'd feel a summer breeze on our skins and we would laugh and we would just really enjoy being together. And if you know South Florida, you know there is this beautiful ice cream franchise down there called Carvel. I don't know if it's still in existence now. I think you can only buy their ice cream cakes in the grocery store. But we would indulge in Carvel ice cream and we would dream about sailing to the Bahamas and we would we would just do all these magical, juicy, inspiring, energetic things that just really, really, really lit me up. But then I knew there was this looming again, dark cloud, this dark storm coming because at the end of summer, I would have to leave. I would have to say goodbye to my dad, physically say goodbye to him, not knowing how we would connect because this is a time of no cell phones. It's only a time of snail mail. There were no computers. There was there was phone calls, but it was collect calls. So with that, and it was all the the dial up the road phones, and and it was just like a just a lifetime of of technology ago. But within me, as this little person, as this child, navigating this disconnect from my dad, the man that I desperately loved and I desperately needed connection with, it created such loss in me. I felt as if there was abandonment looming and abandonment created. This fear of leaving him that maybe potentially he wouldn't be there tomorrow, the next day, the next month, or the next summer. There was this guilt, this guilt of this of this question that I was asked, who do I want to live with? This guilt that 
that was just resonating within me because I did not choose him. So there is more regret in this little person that that was created within me. So as I navigated these summers and these school years back and forth from Florida to North Idaho, like these emotions would haunt me into my teenage years. And they led me down a path of seeking validation through poor choices or sexual choices. That isn't a story for right now. But knowing and seeing my teenage self and holding her in this love of these choices that she still regrets to this day. She's learning to navigate these choices and to heal from these choices of sexual promiscuity. They left deep scars within me. They left more regret within me. And I recognize that this teenage self of, my, of me, I was trapped in this never-ending quest for external approval, which created more self-worth fading within me. The self-worth that I had, this light that I had, this energy that I had, kept being shoved down into this box, this box of protection, this external I want to call it a carcass, this external carcass that that would keep me from being hurt. So I just want to bring forth to that my relationship with my dad was really far from perfect. We both made some really messy, painful choices as I was a teenager. Again, more choices that created more regret. But I recognize too now that through all those imperfections, because in our humanness, there is no such thing as perfection. Perfection is merely an illusion. We are all imperfect beings. These imperfections created a more profound love that we had for each other. There were times that he came and he offered these words to me. He said to me, Vic, I love you. I choose you. I am coming back only because you are in my life. And I sit now with my 20-something-year-old self as she recognizes and hears those words through the phone from my dad as he had checked out from life for a while. I see my 20-year-old self and I hold her and I love her navigating these waters and witnessing the regret that I wasn't there for more of his pain, more of his emotions, but knowing that he had a choice to choose me. He had a choice to choose him, and that's what he did. But he also lived in a world of you don't express your emotions. You don't express your vulnerability. That is not a man's place. Your place as a man is to hold this pillar of strength, of resiliency. Don't let anyone see inside. Don't let anyone see the emotions, the tears. Because let me tell you, as a little girl leaving South Florida, walking down the terminal in on the jetway, waving goodbye to him, I saw these deep sobs coming out of him as I left him for another school year. And let me tell you, that crushed me to my core, seeing this man, this man that I I'm going to say it here, worship and idolize another regret. 
another regret, this regret at 20 years old, witnessing that I wasn't there for him, that I didn't choose him. And that I became so self-involved in my own pain and my own turmoil from the relationship that I had with my mother that I kind of pushed him away. Yeah, that was one of my messy, painful choices. But then coming back at 26 years old, I created this life within me. I created this little girl within me. This little girl that is now the love of my life at 27 years old. I gave birth to my only daughter, my dad's only grandchild. And I got to create another unbreakable bond with my dad. This bond that yet he wasn't there while she was birthed, but he was there soon in North Idaho, traveling 3,000 miles away so that he could be there for me and for her, so that he could witness life, witness an evolution of his life. And as I watched him hold her with this tenderness, it melted my heart profoundly. And as he gazed into her crystal blue eyes, the eyes that mirrored his own, I saw this deep love and adoration for her. I witnessed the joy that he found in her heart, in her smile, in her giggle as he held her. These memories, these memories of this love that he has for her, because he still does, and this love that she has for him, it has profoundly impacted me, and it resonates within me so, so much. And moving forward into my life, into my 30s, I want to give you a story of how my dad was such a pillar of strength and presence in my life for me. I got into a highly competitive athletic career as an Ironman triathlete and as a marathoner. And all I wanted was to seek validation from my parents, to seek approval from my mother, to seek my worth from my father. So I went into this athletic career thinking that I would get this fulfillment that I needed from someone else. And unfortunately, sadly, I was not able to receive that from my mother because, again, I offer her grace and compassion because she was navigating her life, her pain, her fears. But what did I receive was that despite the 3,000 miles between my dad, he would travel this journey to be by my side during these events, these most pivotal moments of my athletic Ironman career. My very first Ironman, he traveled to um, Canada to witness my very first moment of crossing the finish line in an Ironman. Now, if you don't know what an Ironman is, I'm going to drop a little caveat in here. It is a triathlon that consists of 2.4 mile swim in this order, a 112 mile bike ride, and a marathon 26.2 mile run, all combined together to be completed within 16 hours. And the fact that he had 
taken time in his own timing away from work, his own vacation away from work to travel this distance to be with me as I competed these races, he became my biggest supporter and my biggest fan. And I'll never forget as I crossed the finish line on my very first Ironman, I was so exhausted. I was so tired. I was so elated and so, I'm just going to say triumphant, like because I accomplished this massive feat and I saw my daughter I grabbed her hand. I crossed the finish line with her as I looked down into her crystal blue eyes, smiling and crying. And up ahead of me was my dad in the in the crowd. His smile stretching from ear to ear. And it was the smile that radiated this pride and this love and this unwavering support. And in this moment, I felt this sense of worth and accomplishment and this purpose I don't think truly words could ever capture how I felt in that moment. I'm trying to articulate it the best that I can. And if you can feel the sensations and the vibrations running through my body right now, this energy that is so profound within me, this love that resonated deeply into my core. (sighs) Something I will never forget because he was there for three of six of my Ironman. And I am so honored and I am so grateful that he did that for me, that he showed his love, his support for me, unwavering whatever he had to go through, however he had to scrape the money to get there, however it had to work out for him, he chose me. He chose me. And so knowing that life has a way of evolving and reshaping our priorities, right? Yeah. And as I journey through the years, I find myself unraveling and seeking my values and my love from other people still, yet from men, rather than from myself, which created more unspoken regret forming internally Again, for another time, another story to share. But if you know my story, you know what I'm speaking of. Then if you know the little girl inside of me seeks love and validation. That she witnesses times through breath work, through being alone, being quiet in my own thoughts, that these stories that I have lived through with men never really gave witness to my own daughter and how it profoundly impacted her and how it has created these limiting beliefs within her. More regret that I have internally I have offered and given myself the gift to her of an unwavering apology, truly from the depths of my core, verbally apologizing, lovingly apologizing to her 
I choose not to have a space between her and I. I choose her. I am choosing her. So I choose me. Ooh. In 2016, my dad began to face the consequences of a lifelong habit. This lifelong habit of smoking cigarettes throughout my entire life. Witnessing my little girl desperate to have him quit. I played jokes. I made pranks with his cigarettes. I hid them. I glued them. I put fireworks in them. I did whatever it could, whatever I could, to try to get him to stop. I pleaded with him. I longed with him to quit. But it wasn't in his power to quit. For whatever reason, I do not know. And I hold such grace and compassion for you, Dad, for that. So despite all of that, all of my pleading, all of my longing, he never did quit until he was diagnosed with COPD. COPD is something that shuts down our lungs. Chronic, I'm not going not gonna to get it right here because I didn't write it down. Pulmonary disease, obstructive, chronic pulmonary, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Excuse me if I mess that up, but it's not the point here. His lungs were riddled with trauma. They were riddled with deadness. They were no longer able to support him. They were no longer able to support his breathing. He seeks treat he, treatment. He seeks help. He got on a blood, lung donor list. And as the time went by, getting pneumonia, spending a lot of time in the hospital, my stepmom taking unwavering love and support and profound care for him, his movement became limited, his immune system compromised, and his emotional resolve tested. He ended up with oxygen being wheelchair-bound, not being able to move from the house. His grief, his loss, his resolve, his pain, his emotions, that was his resolve tested. So in July of 2018, I was with him for the last time in South Florida. I witnessed his body failing, I witnessed his inability to look me in the eyes. I witnessed his inability to look my daughter in the eyes. My heart shattered. And I saw such profound regret in his crystal blue eyes. I know he had visions of adventures unexplored, laughter unshared, and a life unlived. And let me tell you, at age 49, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to my first love. My world was crumbling, and my only recourse was to turn inward. And as I looked at him and his crystal blue eyes for the last time, I witnessed the heartache of a life still left unlived in profound regret for a lifetime of emotions unsaid. Ooh. Thank you for holding me in this 
silent moment for some tears flow and know that it was during these moments with him that I realized that life was so freaking short it was so freaking short to live with regret and after he passed away I turned inward and I asked myself three questions and I asked them to you who am I What makes my soul feel alive? And am I the truest version of myself? And as I processed these questions, and as I sat with them, I did what I knew best to process the pain. Because I began to witness myself holding on to all the stored emotions, all the pain, all the trauma, all the people pleasing, the shame, the guilt, the regret. I witnessed myself shoving them in my box. So again, I did what I knew best. My escape, my form of healing was to do a long, slow endurance event to test my resolve to test my fortitude, to test my perseverance. And I picked the biggest, hardest one I could find in the U.S. I decided I was no longer going to avoid into this. I decided I was no longer going to suppress the pain and the trauma of a lifetime of regret, of a lifetime of his regret. I was going to run 120 miles in the Colorado Rockies And allow all the hurt and emotions to move in and through me. Now, this event was an organized event. It was spent six days all above 6,000. Sorry. It was an event for six days spent above 10,000 feet running in the Colorado Rockies and the Aspens and the single track trails. And and up over 14ers with 300 strangers and with in these moments with these 300 strangers I felt the safest I had ever felt I have felt the safest and comforted by nature but I had no freaking idea how transformational this journey would be for me and I vowed to run with the duality of this grief that was inside of me And this gratitude that I was feeling, the grief of his loss, and the gratitude for being open and aware of the first part of my life, living in this trauma state, and witnessing that I have the rest of my life to shift, the gratitude that I can allow myself to heal and to transform how I live, how I show up. And how I move through the rest of my life. The duality of the grief and gratitude. So my fortitude for this event allowed me to crack open my vulnerability. My fortitude running in pain and sometimes in misery. There's no lie there. But it also gave me the courage to tap into my strength. And to witness my life as a journey of this profound evolution and growth. That's what these miles 
foot strike after foot strike gave me. Because I know that growth and healing is not this linear path, but it is like this epic mountain run that I was doing with these 300 strangers for these six days. It was this epic journey of running over mountain ranges of boulders and cliffs and rocks and roots through cold mountain rivers, coming to the end of each day exhausted, but vitally alive. Because I learned that deep within me is this visceral desire to make sure that I never went to bed feeling like I had wasted a single day. And I freaking learned that my resolve lies in my courage and bravery to be seen as the perfect imperfection that I am. Because those 120 miles were not perfect. Far the fuck from perfect. They were painful. My quads hurt. My body hurt. My mind tested me. My ego mind kept telling me, you can stop. You can quit. But I kept falling back on, I am doing this to heal. I am doing this to process the emotions of grief. I am doing this for my dad. Although he would never do this. He'd think he'd probably think I was freaking insane. But that's okay. That was part of the fun and the enjoyment for me. Because through those six days, I witnessed his spirit. I witnessed his thoughts. I witnessed his jokes. I witnessed him tapping me on the shoulder saying, you're freaking crazy, lady. But I'm right here with you. So after this epic adventure ended, I crossed the finish line. There was so much wisdom and so much growth that I had moved through. And it was only the beginning. Because I learned to find my self-worth within me rather than seeking it from external validation. So today, the love that I have for my dad deeply resides within me. I see his spirit in the mountains. I see his spirit on the ocean. I see his, his spirit in a pelican as it flies over me. And I want to share with you a funny story. I had sat in the backyard of my stepmom's pastor's house under this palm tree, sitting there, going through all this trauma and all this turmoil of divorce. This bird shit on my shoulder. And it was then, in this heaviness of this moment of divorce, I looked up at this bird and I laughed because I knew with every ounce of my being, it was my father. So I leaned more into hearing him. I leaned more into hearing a song that he would always sing to me. I leaned more into listening for his jokes and I acknowledge, too, that he guides my travels and he visits my dreams and he allows me to lean into the adventures of my life I have now. And every time I look into the mirror, I see his eyes and mine telling me how much he loves me and how proud he is of me. And every moment I look into my daughter's eyes, I see into her soul his laughter, his jokes, and her courage and her profound eyes. 
So this journey, this journey is a constant evolution and growth. The second half of my life, I am leaning and learning through breathwork, through community, through a support system that I have, through being in solitude, through being and journaling and meditation and always investing in myself, that the self-worth lies within me. My fears of abandonment are only a story from past trauma. And that's when I get to sit with my inner child and love on her. The need to please others before myself is, let me tell you, that is a constant, constant rewriting of that story. Ah. Thank you for witnessing me in this story and know that the deep love that I have for my dad is profoundly in me. Every soul, every fiber, his DNA is within me. His spirit, his soul is within me. And as I continue to shed off the layers of stuff, because I no longer call it trauma, it's stuff, I continue to learn that living a life to the fullest requires me to embrace risk, to lean into the fear that is holding me back, and to live unapologetically in my worth, to stand in my power. I slide back, I slide forward. That is the nonlinear path of the evolution of growth. And as I look back on my journey, I am reminded that life is way too short to be lived in this sphere regret, or shadows of the past. So I am inviting you to seize every moment, every opportunity to savor the sweetness of your existence. I am giving you the permission to live your life with zero regrets. And my listeners, my community, those of you that are here with me, may my story serve as a profound call to action to embrace life with that unwavering courage to take those risks, to make your heart race, to make those pits sweat, and to never apologize for the radiant worth that resides within you. So as I end this journey of my life, the first half of my life, here with you, my story of my dad, the deep love that I have for him, witnessing that we all have regrets. I want to offer you now my emotional vision statement that has been perfected, evolved through a powerful practice with dear friends of mine, the healing couple, Jess and Corey. You helped me write this. I owe you a deep ounce of gratitude because my emotional vision statement now says, I desire to discover the absolute heights and depths of the gifts that life has trusted me with. To die young as late as possible, skidding sideways into the grave, caveat here, I will be cremated, not into the ground. Totally worn out from the adventures of life shouting, Holy shit, what a fucking ride. Zero regrets, baby. 
That is what I am leaving you with here today. And if any of this resonated with you, if any of this can inspire someone else, please share, please like, please comment on the podcast Raw and Radiant. I am so grateful and so honored that you are here with me to journey down this journey of life through all the ups and downs, through all the ebbs and flows, the tidal waves. We are all in this together. We are not getting out alive. And to remember that you are so freaking worth it. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, sending so much love, so much gratitude. Thank you, beautiful soul, for joining me and having the courage to live raw and radiant. If this podcast has moved you and lit a spark within you, or if you know someone who could benefit from its transformative power, I encourage you to share it with them. You can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Your questions and ideas fuel this show's heartbeat. I want to hear what resonates with you, what topics you crave, and what burning questions you desire to have answered. Together, we create a safe space where women's stories empower and inspire us, reminding us that we're never alone in this journey. Giving back is effortless and immensely impactful. Please leave Raw and Radiant a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Your words have the power to ignite change and empower others to embrace their raw and radiance. Thank you for being an integral part of this transformative community. Your support means the world to me.